What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. As always, I'm Justin Michael, and we have to talk about the news. Joe Parker has been extended. He has a five-year deal, will now be with CSU, assuming that he serves the, the length of the contract through at least 2027. On this episode, we're going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about the Parker era. We'll go back to the beginning, talk about just kind of everything that's happened, both the good and the bad. But we'll just kind of dive into all of it. Before we do, MMA fans, as the fighters face off during UFC 277, you can take down your own big win with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. This Saturday, new customers can bet $5 on any fighter to win, get $100 in free bets, win or lose. If you want even more action, you can double your winnings on the same game parlay. Combine multiple bets like which fighter will win, how long the fight will last, and more. Just place your UFC 277 same game parlay, and if it hits, you will win double. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any UFC 277 fighter to win. Get $100 in free bets no matter what. That code DNVR this Saturday, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, we are going to talk about the Joe Parker era, just kind of highlight some of the key moments from over the years. But before we get into that, just a couple of things, I guess. My, my initial reaction to this news was I, I, I figured he would get extended at some point. I, I don't think this was that surprising in that regard, just based on, I mean, they've had a lot of good PR the last half year or so. After hiring Norvell and then extending Medved, I, I just kind of assumed it would happen. When it was announced Joyce McConnell was leaving, I wondered, you know, maybe, maybe not at that point. That was really the only point, the only point that I started to doubt whether they would extend him just because there's always the possibility that whatever president they hire, you know, doesn't see eye to eye with him. Maybe he wants to to hire his own guy at that point or girl or man or woman. I don't know why I said guy or girl, their own person. Let's just make it simple. You know, they, they might want to hire their own person at AD. It's just kind of like how, you know, very rarely are interim ADs going to lock down coaches to to big time extensions or, I don't know, I mean, it happens. Mike Bobo was hired by an interim AD. I just figured there'd be a possibility that whoever they hire to be the new president would want to pick their own person. The fact that they're doing this extension now, it makes me wonder if they're just going to go this entire fall semester with the interim president. In the press release, Rick Miranda, the interim guy, he had this to say of Joe Parker. Joe Parker places the highest priority on the success of our student-athletes, and I'm building a solid foundation for the long-term success of our programs overall. CSU Athletics is on a great trajectory, with record numbers of fans in the stands, strong leadership across the department, and students who are thriving academically, personally, and athletically. We're happy to keep building on that momentum with Joe as director of athletics. Anyways, if CSU is going to go this whole year with the interim president, I I could see them rationalizing the decision to 
you know, do this extension just from a continuity standpoint, you know, not wanting to be without, you know, an acting president or an athletic director that be kind of kind of unnerving, particularly at this time with so much at stake in college athletics. But I don't know. You know, this is just kind of what went through my mind when I saw the news. You know, I, I was surprised to see the length of the deal. Five years seems uh, long. But I mean, in the end, if if Joe gets CSU to where where this athletic department should be, and, and it's not just talk about trajectory, they're actually there. In the end, you know, the the fans will be stoked. I mean, I, I think ultimately his legacy is gonna be dictated by whether or not CSU football is still in the national conversation when, you know, all of this reshuffling stops and I think a big tipping point is going to be whenever some of the the teams from the ACC are able to get out of their media rights deal when, you know, teams like Clemson, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina maybe start getting poached by the SEC, the Big Ten, maybe even the Big 12. At that point, I think that's when we'll get some more major shuffling. And I mean, college football is always going to be in a state of flux, but I think at that point, it'll be... I don't know, just kind of establish like what that next era of college football is is going to look like. And if you're CSU, you just you can't you can't afford to get left behind. You have to factor into that national conversation in some form. I mean, the the school they've invested way too much at this point to to fall back and, you know, become a team that's you know on par with the big sky or something like that. And I hate even even bringing that up because that'd be such a dramatic fall from where CSU is at now. And I don't really see that happening, but you got to, you know, be in a hopefully improved conference or at the very least, not a significantly weakened version of the mountain West. And in that scenario, that would be like if San Diego state and Fresno or Boise or something got poached and CSU got left behind, that'd be bad. But if they're able to start winning and then, push forward and get back into that that national conversation. I mean, Joe really has a chance to kind of hang his hat on that in addition to, you know, some of the other stuff he's done. Obviously, the, the naming rights deal for Campus Stadium is insane. Like, he got three times what Boise State got for theirs for the same length. Technically, a little bit more than three times. Boise State got $12 million for a 15-year naming rights deal with Albertsons. Canvas gave CSU 37 million, almost 38 million for a 15 year deal. But like I said, we're going to go through that. We're going to go through the Parker era. I'm going to just pinpoint the key moments, both the good and the bad, try to let you, you know, in, inform your own opinion on this. Like I said, I, I don't think that it, it was surprising that he got extended or, or anything like that. Once, the, once it was announced that McConnell wouldn't be back, you know, I, I did think there was a possibility that they would maybe just let this fall play out. But, you know, I'm not shocked or anything like that. The length of the deal, that's surprising to me, just given that CSU doesn't have, you know, it, its president right now. They have an interim president. And based on the reporting from Kevin Lytle of the Colorado and this deal was actually signed back in June. So it seems like McConnell was the one that, you know, inked the, the paper, which makes it even odder. Though I will say, based on what I've been told, you know, Tony Frank played a big part in this extension. Let's talk about the Parker era, though, because it's, you know, like like most things, 
it, it's good and bad. It's it's a little bit conflicting. Real quick, before we get into that, Colorado sports fans, your home for Denver sports coverage is partnering with a leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. DMVR has teamed up with FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around. Whether it's Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, Rapids, FOCO will have something for you or a loved one. There are some sweet CSU sun hats on there. They've got some shades, it looks like, and some slides as well. If you're looking to get a gift for a diehard sports fan, they have especially officially licensed gear for men, women, and kids, and everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to Crocs. Head on over to FOCO.com, use the promo code DNVR, and get 10% off your order. Joe Parker was hired on March 17th, 2015 by Tony Frank, who at that point was still the president and chancellor. The on-campus stadium project and the financial plan were already approved at that point. That is an important distinction. However, Parker did see, you know, oversee the entire construction process of the stadium. He was involved in a lot of that. I'm sure it was insanely stressful. In 2017, the stadium opens up with a sellout against Oregon State. Remember that first season? It was just called the multi-purpose stadium or whatever. It was the on-campus stadium. Um, in my opinion, that Oregon State game is still the best memory that we have from it. I- I've asked on Twitter a couple times. It's definitely the most common response. Arkansas would probably be a close second in 2018. I mean, but that that season was just so hard. That, that team was not good. Um, worse than the fact that they were bad. A lot of those players quit that year, and that was really disheartening to see. But the fact that they were able to beat Arkansas at home with Jerry Jones sitting in the luxury box and Steve Atwater in the box next to us, and we can see through it because there's a glass wall, and you can just see the disgust on his face after you know Arkansas collapsed. That was really fun, but the the just the excitement that was in the air that day against Oregon State was unreal. CSU comes out just really dominates them. I mean, it was an awesome day. It was a great day. The first six weeks of that season were really fun. I mean, even though they lost a frustrating game to CU, they they played really competitive against number one Alabama. They started 4-0 in non-conference play. I mean, things were looking up. Nick Stevens was balling out at quarterback. You had a really talented wide receiver core. You know, they were running the ball successfully with Dalen Dawkins. It was a really balanced offense. I mean, a 2017 offense was extremely explosive. And then it all fell apart. You know, the the entire season fell apart. You lose to Boise State and Wyoming and Air Force in a three-week span. Ultimately end up losing in the New Mexico Bowl to Marshall. And it was just kind of a situation. That one and the Potato Bowl, you could just really see how those players didn't want to be there. You know, they had higher expectations and it just didn't really seem like playing in those games mattered to them. Not everyone, obviously. I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful or imply that nobody tried or anything like that. But, I mean, I've had a lot of conversations. I knew those guys pretty well. That 2017 team, that's when I was still a student myself. You know, I had classes with a lot of those guys. And they were just really blunt to you about the attitude in the locker room. Anyways, despite the collapse... Joe ends up extending Mike Bobo with a three-year deal. At that point, the Rams had qualified for a bowl game in three straight years. They didn't win any of them. In hindsight, how CSU just completely crumbled under pressure 
in 2017 and 2016 with the talent that they have. I mean, you think about that 2016 Wyoming game and the gray uniform debacle as well. In hindsight, that should have set off lateral alarms. And it did for some. It didn't for me, though. You know, I I should have saw that. I, I defended the extension. At the time, I wrote a column being like, this is a good move, despite, you know, how this season played out. Probably should have just let it play out. I mean, if if Bobo would have left, he would have left. I just think it's a lot easier to say that five years later. I mean, CSU fans at that point were still pretty sensitive about the possibility of of getting left for a bigger school with the the way that the whole Jim McElwain scenario played out. And I'd argue the majority of the fan base was happy to have the stability at that point. Nevertheless, the 2018 season was a disaster outside of securing an awesome naming rights agreement, $37.7 million for 15 years. Also has uh, corporate sponsorships with New Belgium and OCR. All of that's big time and on par with, you know, Power 5 programs. And that makes sense given Joe's background. I I just, I think he deserves a, a ton of credit for getting that naming rights deal. I mean, when you see it on paper and the fact that they got more than three times what Boise State got, at like the peak of their program. That's crazy. It should be noted, though, that that same spring is when all the drama happened with Larry Eustacey and the basketball program. Real quick, just a refresher, on January 30th, 2018, I was an independent reporter at the time, just finished up my work with the Collegian, was looking for my next home. I ended up starting Rams Report the next fall, but at that point, I was completely independent. And I reported that CSU was investigating into Larry Eustacey's treatment of players after complaints from parents to the admin. Joe Parker quietly was doing a climate assessment of the the program. However, at that point, Larry was still allowed to coach the team. Again, I reported this on January 30th. On January 31st, CSU lost to Wyoming at home in double overtime. It was a weird, weird tone post-game for sure. On February 2nd, a couple days later, I reported that Larry threatened the assistant coaches and players in the locker room, telling them that his job is safe and that he had assurances from Tony Frank on that. Frank denied that he told Larry this. I never actually got to ask Larry for an official comment on this particular instance. I did get to talk to him after the Wyoming game about CSU investigating him, but I mean, I I didn't get to ask him about this because the next day he was placed on administrative leave. This was February 3rd. Steve Barnes was named interim head coach. The Rams lost to Nevada that night. Three days later, they lost to Air Force on the road. And at that point, the writing was on the wall. I mean, it took a week, but a week later, Barnes was placed on administrative leave too. Jace Hurl was named the interim head coach. Barnes should have been placed on leave back when Larry was... He was his right-hand man, but I get that's just kind of how it works. He was the associate head coach, so if the head coach gets suspended, he was next in line. That's just It's just kind of how it works. But uh, on February 10th, like I said, Barnes placed on administrative leave. On February 26th, Eustacey resigned from CSU, received a $750,000 settlement agreement that included a non-disparagement clause from both sides. I'll be honest, I this one... It makes me think that they were worried that Larry would come back with a lawsuit and say that CSU knew what he was doing this whole time. 
and didn't fire him until, you know, they were throwing him under the bus. I, I would argue that if there was ever a situation where you could fire someone for cause, that would have been it. I mean, guy that got investigated multiple times, they knew exactly what he did. But I mean, I understand that this gets wonky and complicated. So it, it kind of is what it is on that one. You know, I, some people really, really were super critical of it. I would, I mean, I, I do think that Larry should have been fired for cause. But I'm not going to, you know, harp on the fact that they they gave a settlement agreement and just wanted to, to make it a, a smooth exit process. On March 22nd, 2018, Nico Medved was announced as the head coach. Parker, with the help of a search firm, hired him. Also not sure they needed to spend money on a search firm, but that seems to just be how this process works. It's what everybody does nowadays. And ultimately, they got it right. They clearly nailed it. I mean, they made the the perfect hire in Nico Medved. He came in and completely turned the culture around almost immediately. I mean, you, you really could not have done a better job with that hire. And I also give Joe credit for extending Medved multiple times since and giving him pay raises that he deserves. They've, you know, made improvements to Moby Arena. There are still more that need to be made, but the, the locker room was a massive priority that needed to happen updating the court i don't know if that was like uh, I, don't, I mean i don't know if you needed to do it but i think it's a smart move you know it, it shows an investment into those programs anyways like i said could not have made a better hire in nico medved i mean it was the him or, or craig smith i mean those were really the only choices in my opinion in 2019 after a four and eight season which you know, again, I think would have been much differently had Colin Hill not gotten hurt. I think they win that Arkansas game. I mean, you just look at the way that offense was humming. It, it's really unfortunate how it all played out. Definitely wouldn't have lost to Toledo if you had Hill at QB. Not saying that O'Brien played poorly. I mean, his numbers were obviously good. I just, I mean, I think Colin was so talented. I think without those injuries, I think he's an NFL QB. Uh, anyways, after the 2019 season, it was clear that they had to make a change at that point. Um, Bobo and Parker actually, you know, quietly worked out a, a separation agreement that saved CSU some money, and it was very commendable. I think Parker deserves a lot of credit for that. Obviously, you know, he took a ton of heat for that extension. The fact that he was able to do this, I think it speaks to the relationship that him and Mike Bobo had. I know it was really hard for, for Parker to, to fire Bobo. I mean, that was this guy. He liked him a lot. But I have a lot of respect for Bobo for the fact that he was able to do that. I mean, I, I think he knows that CSU gave him a year longer than most schools would have. But I mean, he would have had every right to just, you know, tell CSU, all right, you're firing me. You got to pay me the, the deal we agreed upon. He, I mean, he, he would not have been wrong to do that. But he did right by CSU. And in theory, you know, he was saving them some money. He should have gave CSU an opportunity to you know, make a better hire. But ultimately, we ended up, unfortunately, with Steve Adazio. That was a mess, to say the least. I mean, you have the whole scenario with Anthony Hill right off the bat, and then the investigation into his his toxic culture and the way he treated players. Like a one in three that first season, you know, 2021 was a disaster not just with the performances, but it was more about the way he carried himself after the losses, and he was just so standoffish. 
did not, you know, embrace the community at all. And to Parker's credit, he fired him. I, I didn't think he would. After the, uh, after the Nevada game, I thought maybe, just because it was so embarrassing. I mean, 52 to 10 on senior night, that's as bad as it gets, particularly when your head coach gets ejected before halftime, when he's the only, only the second FBS coach to ever have that happen. I mean, it was just, yikes. It was bad. Really, really bad optics. To CSU's credit, they moved on. And, you know, throughout the season, you know, Joe Parker talked about how important it was to have continuity. They did not want to have to make another staff move, but they recognized that it was necessary. They did it. On December 6th, CSU announced that they were hiring Jay Norvell, gave him a big old pay raise, and, you know, CSU essentially put their you-know-what on the table and, and took him away from Nevada. I've been asked if the hiring of Norvell offsets the Adazio hire, and I don't know. I, I just think it's a little bit more complicated than that. I personally, this is my opinion, I don't think that Adazio was Joe's first choice. I think he embraced it. Obviously, I mean, you're the leader. That's, that's how it played out. But to me, it seems like he got undercut, undermined a little bit by Joyce McConnell, just with how that process worked out. And then obviously... Urban Meyer essentially handpicking him. I mean, I just, I have a hard time believing that that's who Joe or really anybody other than Urban Meyer would have picked Steve Adazio. I just, I don't think that that would have been his guy. Based on what I've been told, you know, they, they came close to hiring somebody else before, you know, essentially Urban completely took over the process with Joyce, but I don't know. You know, technically he is the AD, so that's going to fall on him. I just don't know if it's necessarily fair to say that, you know, Joe is to blame for the hire of Steve Adazio because I personally just don't believe that's who he he wanted. I don't. I could be wrong. You know, I I very well could be. But regardless uh, of whether he wanted Steve to be the guy, of of whether he likes Steve or not, and it it does kind of seem like he did, although it also kind of seemed like Steve was kind of rude to him at times. I don't know. But um, they, they made the right move in, in getting Norvell. It's, it's kind of like how I can make some criticisms of how the, the Eustacey situation was handled, and I do think it was a bit of a debacle. They ultimately ended up with Nico Medved. They ended up in the right place. Right now, they ultimately ended up in the right place with Jay Norvell. If you're a skeptic, you would say that Yes, he did get it right, but it was after multiple mistakes. Um, It's taken way too long to get to this point, and I think that would be a fair criticism. I also think that, you know, it's clear Joe's done some things right. You know, there have been a lot of really good moments. Ultimately, that's just a terrible job. I don't know why anyone would want to be an athletic director, honestly. I feel the same way about being a politician, and actually that's kind of a good way to segue into what I want to end this pod here, which is just that, what needs to happen moving forward? And I think part of it is that Joe needs to improve his image with the CSU fans as a whole. I, I think he's made great progress with the last six months. I mean, people are really excited with the direction of basketball and football. I do think it got pretty bad there for a little bit. And I know that you know people on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, the loudest people are not necessarily representative of an entire fan base not everybody's on social media not and even everybody that that is they're not all that 
intense. It, you see the intense ones, but my point is that's not necessarily everyone. But I, I think he needs to kind of inspire the people a little bit. You know, uh, part of the part of being in a leadership role is not just how you handle the day to day stuff, how you handle you know, things like scheduling and, and securing the naming rights where he clearly kills it. It's also, you know, getting the fans to believe that he has the vision and that he's going to do whatever it takes to make it happen. You know, like a football coach, like a politician, it's not just about what you do, you know, behind the scenes. It's getting the people to believe in what you are doing and to believe in you specifically, that you have the ability to do it. I don't think Jack Graham could have secured a $37 million naming rights deal for the on-campus stadium. I don't think Jack Graham could have got SEC teams to come to Fort Collins or you know, scheduled a lot of the Power 5 games that Joe has been able to based on his connections. You know, Washington State, Texas, Michigan, these are all schools, Texas Tech, that he worked at in the past. He used those connections to, to benefit CSU. But I think Graham was good at this one specific aspect of the job of you know, the rah-rah component, getting people to, you know, believe in you as the guy. Obviously, they have different demeanors. I mean, Joe and, and Jack, they're just different guys. You know, Joe, uh, a little bit more quiet, at least based on my time around him. He's, he's very nice, you know, very polite. I always enjoy talking to him. But I think he's just got to learn how to get the crowd going a little bit. You know, maybe take some tips from from Norvell and, and Medved. And I think that would be big. But more than anything, like I said at the beginning of the show, it, it all comes down to whether CSU football and CSU basketball are successful and, and the Rams still factor into the national conversation of whatever college sports look like when all this movement stops happening. Since he's been in charge, CSU has won 21 Mountain West championships. That's the most of any program in the Mountain West, but most of them have, you know, all of them have been in Olympic sports. You got to, Got to raise the profile of the revenue-generating supports. Academics, you know, the student-athletes have been doing really, really well. But fair or not, you know, what his legacy is going to come down to is, is whether or not, you know, CSU factors into this national conversation whenever he's done, whether that's in 2027. Maybe he's still the 80, you know, after that. And at that point, you know, CSU's just chugging along, you know, the next TCU or Utah, they've, they're able to finally leverage the success in the facilities in this great college town and this great university and this gorgeous state into, you know, the, the spot that it should be. Or, you know, there's a scenario where CSU gets left behind and, and despite the fact that Joe is able to do a lot of good stuff behind the scenes, that's kind of what he'll get remembered for. And that's the tough part. Again, I, I don't know why anyone would want to be an athletic director. It's basically a lose-lose scenario almost all the time. It's just a, it's a thankless job. It's really high pressure. You get blamed for things that are not necessarily within your control. I mean, it's, it's, it sucks, but it comes with the role. It's like being a head football coach. You know, I can sympathize for Mike Bobo. I can point out all of the things that could have gone different, woulda, coulda, shoulda all day long. But at the end of the day, it's a results business. And, you know, the same goes for, for Joe. It's going to come down to the results and if he's able to make it happen. We shall see if he, you know, if he, if he does, fans will be happy. You know, I guess I, I would say I, he's probably earned an extension. But these these next, you know, five years, it's it's prove it time. It's time for CSU to, to finally get where it needs to be. They've done a great job getting basketball back. They've done a great job. And, and 
elevating that program with a tremendous coach and a tremendous staff. And I feel the same way about football now, but we just got to hope that it's not too little too late. That, you know, failing to capitalize on the success of, of Jim McElwain doesn't ultimately prove to be the, the fatal dagger. And I think that's every CSU fan's biggest fear. But, you know, I think there's also probably an argument that, you know, we're, we're a little bit emotionally spurned after the last half decade and maybe not necessarily always thinking 100% rationally. It just felt like CSU was so close to, to, to breaking out and, and reaching that next that next level of competition when it didn't happen. It was, you know, just such a gut punch. And because of that, I, I do think that everything that happens in between has felt even more intense. You know, everything has felt like the sky is falling constantly. Even now, you know, the fact that CSU is not more, more of a factor in this national conversation, it, it, it's a bummer and it's disappointing. But also, I mean, I'm not sure there's going to be any more moves this offseason. So it, it's just... They got to win. They just got to start winning. If they don't win, none of it is going to matter. You know, you can only sell potential and trajectory for so long. But if they can start winning these next couple of years, if you can keep these coaches, if you can, you know, do it right, you have an opportunity. And and that's all we can kind of ask for. That's all we can hope for. And, you know, hope that they capitalize on it. We'll see. That's my two cents on the situation. Thank you to everybody for continuing to support our content. Be back with more throughout the week and weekend. I am going to be on vacation next week. I'll be uh, with family up in the mountains, but I, I will still pop in a little bit while I'm over there. And then I'll be back for fall camp. And I cannot wait. That starts the 5th. Should get a full schedule here pretty soon. We'll be there as, as close to every day as possible. I'm sure there'll be a couple that I can't make, but I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. We'll have a ton of preseason content. And then once the season gets here, man, I'm, I'm just going to go all in. We have this act, we have better access than we've, we've ever had. And I fully intend to take advantage of it. So if you're not a member, now's a great time. $60 for an annual membership. You get a free $30 t-shirt in the process. I mean, that comes out to $5 a month and you get a t-shirt. Pretty sweet deal. You'd be supporting a local company. You'd be supporting a CSU grad. So I just, I ask you to consider it. I'll still have these podcasts for you guys for free. Still release the occasional freebie article. But the vast majority of my content this fall is going to be behind that paywall. So now is a great time to join the DNVR family. Become a DNVR Rams fam. Get yourself a sweet t-shirt designed by Eric Wedham, a.k.a. the D-Line, another CSU grad. So you'd actually be supporting multiple CSU grads. All right, that's enough of the hard pitch. Have a great weekend. Much love to all of you. Peace. Machetes at a deli in New Delhi Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice But water's the truth so I sip on that too Skinny looking kid with no car keys Like the only thing I drive is RCRV's Got the stash like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly